When I say apple orchard, in your mind, you were probably transported to your favorite place to get that apple, either dunked in caramel, put in a pie, or just right off the tree. But some apple orchards in Wisconsin are producing apples for a different treat, one for adults only, hard cider. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Deirdre Birmingham owns the Cider Farm in Mineral Point, and she grows truly one-of-a-kind varieties to make hard cider. She tells me that this unique agriculture venture is sparking interest among new growers. This was apparent in a recent field day she hosted at her orchard. But first, she tells me how she and her trees have been navigating the drought this summer. So our cider apple trees are doing well. So far, so good. I don't count my apples until they are in the press. <laughs> um, but um, we do have irrigation, and so that was critical for the trees. Otherwise, we would be in trouble if we didn't have irrigation. And so June and most of July, we were, we were irrigating uh, nonstop. And that, that really that really benefited the trees. I think they they stayed uh, they stayed healthy as a result. Uh, but there's nothing like the rain where it just really soaks the ground. Deirdre, tell us just how many trees do you have? What's your acreage look like? Give us a sense of quantity. Just how many apples are you producing? I have about sixteen thousand trees on about eighteen acres. Uh, we over time will uh, boost that a little bit more to about eighteen thousand trees. And our total farm is 166 beautiful acres in Wisconsin's Driftless region near Mineral Point. Any difficulties with disease, pest pressure, or even weeds this year? Well, with less rain, there's less weeds. <laughs> Everything has a plus and a minus, <laughs> no matter no matter what you're doing or what happens. So yeah, we were doing less mowing while we were spending more time fussing with irrigation equipment. And then, yes, there's always insect and disease pressure. I mean, apples are subject to about four different diseases and about 12 different insect pests. So there's always something to be working on. Uh, my trees in particular, I'm growing very unusual varieties. They're English and French varieties. They have tannins in them. They were developed for uh, fermentation. And that's my whole purpose for growing apples is to ferment them to ciders or hard ciders and for uh, apple brandy production. So I'm not a normal orchard. I'm not growing uh, table apples for, uh, you know, for people to, to uh, enjoy as a dessert or, or fruit snack. Um, I'm, I'm more like somebody said, like an apple vineyard. So that's why we've um, chosen these trees because um, I can't get tannic apple varieties anywhere. And tannins help give complexity and mouthfeel to the final product. Now, back to your question, they are more susceptible, though, to a, a disease that can be lethal to the tree. So we have um, lost hundreds of trees to that disease called fire blight. It's a bacterium, and it's just kind of ever-present in the natural environment, just while waiting for the right conditions of, of wind and rain during blossom time in particular uh, and warm weather. So that's uh, we've lost hundreds of trees to that. And also I've been kind of a data point of one in the U.S. when I started back in 2003 by hand-making these trees, uh, by grafting them, and then uh, learning how to grow such odd varieties organically in our challenging Midwest conditions. There's got to be some differences there then between your table apple and then this, these unique varieties that you grow here in Wisconsin when it comes to management. Give me some, just maybe some top level, quick 
bits on the differences that a grower has to consider, if there are any? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned one, and that's the disease challenges that these English and French uh, varieties, they don't have as much of that disease pressure of, of fire blight in those countries, but we have more of it here. And also being certified organic, we certainly have an increasing number of, of kind of biopesticide tools to use, and also a lot of university research has helped us learn about disease cycles and insect pest cycles. And also, you know, in terms of insects, there's also some good insects um, out there that can help control some of the pests. So we're always fostering um, habitats in the orchard. That means diverse plants, diverse flowering plants that are good for those beneficial insects and very importantly are pollinators. So we, we do not rely on honeybees in our orchard. We're fortunate that there are some uh, beekeepers in the area, and those bees will find their way over here. But um, there's been times when no honeybee hives were set, and yet our trees were in full bloom, and our wild our wild pollinators have, have done that pollination. I imagine this is some of the, the topics that you covered during a field day that you hosted this summer at your farm in Mineral Point. Can you tell me about that experience, how many people came out, are you seeing growing interest for cider apple production? There must have been, oh, a good solid 25 people here on a very hot afternoon. And yes, there's interest in the in what makes good quality cider. Cider's fermented like a wine. And just like a good quality wine isn't made out of just any old grape. You know, there's wine grapes that were developed for for wines. So we're growing that kind of similar corollary in apples. So we we call them literally the wine grapes of apples. They're meant for fermentation, not for eating. Some are just very tart. Some are tannic. Some are tannic and tart. And since we can't get tannic U.S. apples, that's why I'm focusing on these English and French ones. And so people are particularly interested in that because, like I said earlier, I realized after a while it was a data point of one growing these strange varieties. But We just felt like for the quality we wanted in the end product, we needed quality ingredients. And these these were kind of, these really make the difference. And in fact, one of our ciders at an international competition, our very first time to enter an international competition, we entered eight ciders and they all got medals. And one of our ciders got best of show second place for traditional dry ciders. And that's really, that's really our sweet spot. So, you know, it was really good if I had had a field day like this, you know, 10 years ago, there wouldn't have been uh, half the interest. And this was actually sponsored by UW-Madison and out of their Emerging Crops program. So, you know, seeing these kinds of apples, they're different than table apples, and the interest in them is, is an emerging crop. You had said you had hand-grafted your trees or these varieties for your use are you helping others learn <laughs> that skill or, or helping others or even introducing new varieties to the market? Is that still something you're engaged in? Yeah, I've, I've been uh, teaching grafting over the years, and um, that's how we got started just because the varieties weren't sold commercially in the U.S. in 2003. So if we wanted them, we had to learn how to make them. And the person who taught us to graft had some of these very varieties so we could get some of the budwood necessary for the grafting process. And then um, since 
cider starting in 2011 uh, started hitting the marketplace and became the fastest growing adult beverage category in the history of the U.S. Then people started um, looking around saying, oh, I mean, there's apples meant for fermenting to cider. And that's when um, then I was able to start. I found uh, two nurseries in the U.S. who would custom graft trees for you with a two to three year lead time. So that's definitely helped us scale up, and it's also helped some other cider makers and orchardists get into the game of growing these uh, challenging (laughs) to grow apple trees. What were some of the biggest questions you got from folks attending the field day? Oh, wow. The questions were were from A to Z, all over the board, from, um, you know, your question on grafting, and I was able to show some of the grafting we do in the field where we can top work a tree. Uh, you know, if I have a variety that I'm just testing out and I don't like it, I can just cut those trees off and then um, insert some budwood from uh, a variety I do want, and then... Um, uh, and then get that variety gr- uh, growing. So it was everything from that to how we harvest the apples, uh, of course, you know, some of the disease and insect challenges, and then also into the um, craft and science of cider making, fermentation and yeast you use in fermentation, other other things you might use, how we package and bottle our ciders. So it really it really went from A to Z, which which made it a lot of fun for me. I mean, I I love it when uh, the more the more questions there are. I also do orchard tours and cider tastings in the orchard for the public. So the more questions I get, then the more interesting it is for me as well because I I enjoy what I'm doing and and I love sharing the passion we have. And, you know, just telling it like it is as well from our, our orchard perspective. And, of course, in this, you know, beautiful piece of the Driftless, people come out here and, and they're just like, wow, this is such a, a beautiful area. And we, we love being able to share it. And we've transformed a lot of our 166 acres, um, just trying to improve the uh, ecosystem, the ecological functioning of it, and putting some crop ground into prairie. And so it's, it's really, um, uh, especially this time of the year, just a lovely place. Looking ahead to the harvest, Deirdre, I wanted to ask you what you're projecting this year. How is this year's projections, how does it differ from your average yield or the yield you saw last year? Last year was a big year for all orchards in in Wisconsin. Um, We were up two and a half times from uh, uh, 2021. And that was because in 2021, we had three freezes, so everybody's, everybody's crop was knocked back. And then the trees rebound because since they weren't making a lot of apples, they were making a lot of fruit buds for the following year. So we, we had our biggest crop ever, which was great. And for the first time, I was able to actually sell some apples to other cider makers. And then this year, you know, then your, your next year usually goes down, but we have some of our, our young trees are now coming online. So some of them have quite a few apples on them. So that should, uh, I don't think we'll have quite the level we did last year, but we'll be, we'll be kind of close to it if, if all goes well. Like I said, I don't count my apples till they're in the press. <laughs> We're talking with Deirdre Birmingham. She owns the Cider Farm in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. And hey, she says she's looking for folks to help with the harvest. So if you're interested, you can get a hold of the Cider Farm online at theciderfarm.com. Also, check out their cidery. You can find their tasting room in Madison. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.